what are realistic expectations for Luther Burden in his true freshman season? Plus, Tyler Beatty, not on the NFL fantasy radar just yet, but let's let the preseason play out and see where it goes. Let's talk about all this and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week. Thanks so much for telling a friend that we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including on YouTube. And you know what? I've seen some people online recently starting to talk down Luther Burden a little bit, just in terms of his statistics, right? It's People are now comparing what Doriel Green Beckham did his true freshman season at Missouri and maybe lowering the statistical, at least, ceiling for Burden a little bit. Well, I'll just say, number one, that 2012 offense had a lot of challenges. That's Luther Burden's true freshman season, of course. And you know what? All of that's fair. To be perfectly fair, true freshmen typically do not come in and get, like, say, a 1,000-yard season. Like I was suggesting that Burden actually, I believe, is capable of this season. But you know what? If we want to be more realistic I'll say, hey, we'll put the over-under for his receiving yards on the season at like, oh, I don't know, 750, something like that. And if you look at most true freshman receivers, we saw took Dominic Lovett, for instance, a while to get adjusted completely to college football last season. I think a lot of us are expecting a big breakout from that young man from East St. Louis. But again, it wouldn't be a surprise if another East St. Louis wide receiver Luther Burden, if it took him some time to adjust. But I will say, though, if Luther Burden is truly special, and I, for one, believe he is, it is very tough for statistical models to account for that. And also, I just don't think that Luther Burden is your typical 18-year-old by any stretch of the imagination, not only just in terms of pure athletic talent, but Have you happened to see the guy in person? Have you heard him talk? The guy looks like a man at 18 years old, and he looked every bit of the part of a college football player, a high-level SEC wide receiver in the spring game for Missouri just a few months ago. So to me, I I think even worrying about his final total – traditional statistics at the end of the season, whether it's yards, touchdowns, receptions, however you want to look at it, I think that's all missing the point. My prediction is I think he's going to be a big-time impact receiver at this level from day one. Whatever that means to you, well, that's my prediction, and frankly, I think that is a realistic expectation for Burden because not only I think he's going to make an impact as a receiver, I think he's going to make an instant impact in the return game for the Tigers as well. So I want to back off a little bit earlier in this, you know, in this podcast space, I was, you know, trying to make the craziest expectations for Missouri. What are the absolute ceiling? And I was saying, well, if Missouri's going to go something crazy like nine and three, ten and two, something like that. 
well, Burton's going to have to just completely show out and be basically an All-American from day one. I'm not expecting that level. I don't expect him to be an All-American from day one. Can he be a big-time impact player from day one? I think so. Absolutely. And when you look at Jeremy Macklin, a guy that I've favorably compared Luther Burden to before, well, obviously Jeremy Macklin was a redshirt freshman, but at the same time, it's not as though he had a lot of experience. He spent that redshirt freshman season maybe learning the playbook a little bit, sure, no doubt about it, but also it's not as though he was getting real reps in practice. He was rehabbing his torn ACL, so... I think Burden really has a chance to come in and just be a big-time player immediately, as you can tell. But you know what? Speaking of other young guys on the roster, guys that aren't true freshmen, because for the most part, you're not going to be relying on true freshmen, not even on quarterback Sam Horn, more than likely. But there are guys that have been on this roster now for a season or two. I've mentioned Travion Ford, the defensive end. Certain guys that I would like to see move their way up the the depth chart past maybe some upperclassmen that haven't totally popped as of yet and probably by this point in their careers aren't going to show a ton of improvement. So to me, hearing that Damian, a.k.a. Day-Day Wilson, is now getting a lot of praise and seems to be sneaking his way up into the second string of the linebacking core. That's a really good sign. He was a guy from North Carolina that was highly regarded, one of the highest-ranked players for Eli Drinkwitz in that particular class. If Wilson is starting to come on now, that's a really good sign for the Tigers. There's plenty of guys like that, though, including Dalen Carnell, a former four-star defensive back from Indianapolis, Looks like he has the inside track at being Martez Manuel's backup at the somewhat newly created star position, which is really a safety linebacker hybrid. I'll be honest, I'm a little bit surprised to see Carnell at that spot. I was thinking he was more of an outside corner coming out of high school for sure. But at the same time, he definitely has the size to play that position, it would seem. So if he's good close to the line of scrimmage, If he's not afraid to stick his nose in and blitz off the slot and take on running backs and and lead blockers and all that good stuff, along with being able to cover, which I think that's pretty obvious, that he can cover some, some running backs and tight ends and slot receivers, I would think, at the very least. Well, maybe Carnell is a good fit at that spot, but regardless, I'd just like to see those, again, those four star type players that Missouri recruited a couple years ago. Well, now that they're starting to creep their way back in, creep their way up the depth chart, I should say, the more of that we see, I think the better sign it is for Missouri, not only this year, but also for the future. And coming up, former Missouri running back Tyler Beatty has already gotten some pretty good praise from Ravens coach John Harbaugh. Not on my fantasy radar just yet, but with a good preseason, well, that could change for Tyler Beatty. So I want to talk more about his possible role with the Ravens and also some fantasy football too. But first I want to tell you about betonline.net, your number one spot for everything betting you could possibly imagine. 25 years plus trusted online. We certainly trust them here at the Locked On Podcast Network. And you know what? It's not just American football. Yes, we've got world football, also known as soccer, happening as well. Of course, the Premier League 
the 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 Spanish league, the German league. It's all available. Heck, it's all available to watch on television. Why not put down a few wagers on it today? Also, group stages of World Cup action open as well. The United States, a slight favorite right now, plus 150 to win over Wales. Wales being plus 181. And if you want to take the draw, well, that's the least likely at plus 210. Not bad odds on the draw, what can I say? But regardless of what you're into, it's all available for you at betonline.net, where the game starts. Hypothetically speaking, if your fantasy draft was today, your NFL fantasy draft, of course, well, I I certainly wouldn't tell you to draft Tyler Beatty in a standard 10 or 12-team league at this point. We're not even sure if he's going to make the Ravens squad. Let's be real. He's a sixth-round pick as a running back. But you know what? I'm also not ready to dismiss him yet. Fortunately, my own personal draft isn't until August 27th. I'm sure most of you probably even later than that. So we've got time here to sit back and watch how the preseason plays out. Number one, here's how the the Ravens running back room appears to be shaking out. Well, J.K. Dobbins, the former Alabama product, well, he tore his ACL in the preseason last year. It appears, though, that he's on track to be ready to go for week one. On the other hand, the, the Ravens presumed backup Gus Edwards. He's been around with Baltimore for a few seasons now, looking like he's not going to be ready for week one. Edwards also coming off an ACL tear. You may remember that the Ravens had a nearly historic level of horrible injury luck last year. It was really the year from hell from them, without a doubt. But that means it comes down to really four names that are competing for probably two or three spots on that roster. And the good news is for Tyler Beatty, along with Corey Clement, Mike Davis, Justice Hill, and Nate McCrary, are this is one of the this is actually the heaviest running team the past two seasons in the National Football League and all indications are that that's going to continue for the Ravens based on all their moves this offseason based on Lamar Jackson's continued presence as the starting quarterback so we're going to see them continue to pound the rock and of those five guys that I just named, including the veteran Mike Davis, at least one Ravens beat writer says of that group, Beatty has shown the most potential. And John Harbaugh even recently said, quote, we thought Beatty would be good and he's been good. He's quick, smart, picks up the plays well. He has the kind of quiet demeanor. You give him a coaching point and he kind of shakes his head and keeps moving and tries to get it right. When the real football comes on, I think that's when you find out about the running backs. Well, if that's any indication, it sure seems like Tyler Beatty looked even better in games than he did in practice because if he looked as good as he did in a game in 2021 as he did in practice in 2020, well, quite honestly, maybe Beatty should have gotten a bigger significant chunk of carries that season. So that just tells me, hey, this guy could absolutely show out in the preseason, and he does have a pass-catching ability that I'm not sure the rest of those guys necessarily have. And certainly, I think he's a better pass-catcher out of the backfield than J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards. So he brings a little bit something extra to the table. Again, if you're drafting today a fantasy league, let's not out, let's not go, out, go run out and get him just yet. Let's see how the preseason plays out. 
But at the same time, beyond just the fantasy football world, for real life, I think all of us Missouri fans are rooting for Tyler Beatty. To me, one of the great personalities of the last few years on this team. Well, I think he's got a good shot to at least remain on the Ravens practice squad at the very least. And if he does, that's not the worst thing in the world by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, with all the the tread that came off of Beatty's tires last season for Missouri, hey, having a little bit of time to sit back, rest those legs, not take a, a full pounding of an NFL schedule, not the worst thing in the world. Again, you've seen all the injuries that have happened with the Ravens before. Running back is a really short, short shelf life in terms of longevity. I think Tyler Beatty has a lot of opportunity here to make this squad either immediately from week one or maybe be stashed on the practice squad and be a viable option later in the season. Some good signs already for him, and I'm certainly rooting for the guy. And coming up, I do want to talk about name, image, and likeness. Yes, it's a big-time topic all around college sports, and it seems like the conventional wisdom now is that the problem with NIL is that there's not enough regulation. Well, in my humble opinion, the biggest problem with NIL is, in fact, one specific regulation. And I want to tell you all about that right after these quick messages. A few notes on name, image, and likeness related to Missouri specifically that I've been meaning to to get to, just been getting pushed to the bottom of the stack these past few weeks. But some pretty major changes here at Mizzou. Number one, the Tigers will be part of Topps Trading Card Program. So some elite Tiger student athletes will be actually featured on Topps Trading Cards, which is something that's really never happened before, as far as I'm aware of. I remember when I was a, a young kid about 30 years ago, Missouri would produce its own trading cards for the Missouri basketball team, hand them out at games. That's something they could bring back, by the way. That was kind of a fun deal, but perhaps they don't need to. Perhaps this Tops thing is going to be part of that. But also, finally, customized Nike jerseys for current football players will go on sale prior to this season. I just checked the Missouri Tigers team store. Don't see those jerseys just yet, but every player will be compensated for each sale. So again, to me, this is all the good part of name, image, and likeness. What's wrong with Luther Burden or Martez Manuel or, or whoever, you want to you want to go out and buy their jersey, they get a little bit of taste, they get to wet their beak. Who could possibly have any problem with that? Back in the day, how many how many Missouri fans bought number 16 jerseys for Brad Smith and number 10 jerseys for Chase Daniel? And those guys didn't get a cut of that. And frankly, do I need Nike to have a higher profit margin, or would I rather see those guys wet their beak a little bit? I think the answer to that is pretty obvious. But also, another note, Mizzou and also a company called Open Doors is going to be launching a player-specific marketplace that gives fans, brands, and sponsors an easier path to connect with potential NIL partners. So in other words, it sounds like, hey, you got a local restaurant or something and you'd like you'd like Jaden Jernigan to to 
you know, give a two thumbs up to your slab of ribs, something like that. Well, maybe this is the kind of deal you can do. Again, I'm all fine with all of this, but it does strike me that the real problem here, again, all of this is sort of very brand new. All the stuff that I just described to you, it's all very brand new. So the temptation is for everybody to go, oh no, it's the wild, wild west and damn it, we need more centralized regulation on all this stuff. And in fact, I've seen lots of coaches and administrators, in my opinion, rather pathetically, basically lobby the United States Congress to do something about it. Because apparently the world of college football is too stupid and disorganized to figure it out for themselves. So no, we need Congress to do it. Number one, as you can tell, that's a non-starter for me. But again, here's my point. Here's what I tease. The biggest problem here is not that there aren't enough laws. It's no, there's one regulation in particular that makes all this insane. It's that None of the money can come directly from the university or any of these television partners. For instance, all this massive ESPN money and Fox money that's being bandied about right now trying to get the rights to, to Big Ten football, perhaps you've seen these negotiations happening. Well, as of right now, not one penny of that money can directly go into the pockets of players. Well, I'm sorry, that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. I have no interest in seeing the next television deal as a Missouri football fan going to enrich Eli Drinkwitz any further or any of these administrators in various positions throughout the university, throughout the athletic department, whose jobs to me don't seem nearly as important as the starting quarterback. I think Eli Drinkwitz and the rest of these coaches are going to be doing just fine. In fact, Kirby Smart is making more money, I believe, than any NFL football coach. The, the money with college coaching has gone absolutely insane. And in part of that, not only is it because these coaches obviously are really important, it's more just the fact that, well, you're again, you're suppressing the market for these players. For as much as we want to pretend that this is some laissez-faire, free market craziness, well, actually, it's still really, really regulated because the biggest chunk of money, which is coming from your television partners, like, again, ESPN and Fox, very specifically, possibly Apple or Amazon or other types of bidders in the streaming market someday as well, well, if you're not going to allow the players to have any piece of that pie whatsoever, you're not having a real market. This is still the sort of rigged amateurism college football thing that it's always been. At least in the the traditional model really hasn't changed. All that's changed is, as we've said, hey, all you car dealers that want to give special benefits out to players, well, hey, that's all legal now. All you boosters who want to open up your pockets a little bit more, hey, you already pay thousands and thousands of dollars for tickets. How about you give some high school kids and some current Mizzou guys a little bit more money? Now, don't get me wrong. We ain't going to give them any money. We're not going to open up our wallets. You're not going to taste any of that Mizzou or Fox, or that ESPN or Fox money. You can forget about that, any of you Mizzou Tigers. I'm sorry. That is complete madness. It can't last forever. And at a certain point, you're going to have to open it all up. The, the university itself needs to not only have some say in this, just in terms of, hey, we need to have some organization here. If I'm Eli Drinkwitz, I don't want my boosters out there paying for 
guys that I don't necessarily want or guys that I maybe don't want as much as another guy who I have as a higher priority. There needs to be some type of organization here. That much I agree with. But just the idea that, well, we can't can't have them touch the traditional money, at some point that's got to change, period, or this whole thing, it's just not going to work. So with all that being said, thanks for joining me once again here on Locked on Mizzou. Not sure what I'm going to talk about tomorrow, but I promise we'll be here to talk about Missouri Tigers football and basketball five days a week. So once again, thanks for telling a friend and thanks for listening to Locked on Mizzou.